congratulations if you're hearing my voice you found some time in your day to kill thanks for coming and cutting weight with us here today i'm your host mike thunderbird stall to my left i've got shane my main man mignona to my right jim jackaloon ayers jackaloon i haven't heard that one yet i those those names were completely made up on the spot here i had no idea I was is that a real those. thing or is it just a jackaloon yeah i don't know i think it's a half half jack lantern half jackaloon <laughs> I thought it was jack off. That sounds like a pretty fierce uh, critter if don't, you run into one of those. Half, half pumpkin, half, half trash panda. Well, welcome. <laughs> our, our theme tonight is wolves. I start off with a little Duran Duran there, Hungry Like the Wolf. We've got a great guest here tonight. Mark, I didn't realize Duran Duran was in our budget. Yeah, Mark the Wolfman Haywald. Another nickname. Jeez. Wow, you're, you got them all tonight. You're fine. Really, really running with these tonight. Um, so, yeah, this is, a, this is a podcast for killing time that might otherwise be well spent. But we're gonna, we've got an action-packed hour here. We're excited about it. And another episode from Cutting Weight Cabin. What here. episode is this, Shane? Do you remember? It's episode 14. Oh, my God. Episode. A lot of people said we couldn't get past maybe three. Look at us now. Wow. We forged ahead. Yeah. Forged ahead. <laughs> Against most everyone's, you know, well wishes and, you know, yeah. probably insight. I think we're well over 1,000 downloads now. That's it's a milestone. Good. Let's celebrate. For 14 episodes, I think that's uh, not that great. But not anyway. <laughs> hey, but, baby steps, Mike. But yeah, not for, everybody. I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. For the 40 of you that are listening, thanks again for coming back. This is this is cutting weight. So we're uh, we're drinking another beer here from the Midwest, I'm, I'm happy to say. And uh, from the Revolution Brewing Company out in Chicago, Chi-Town. Uh, Jim, tell us a little bit about what uh, what we're drinking here today. Yeah, tonight, Mike, thanks for uh, bringing it. It's uh, Revolution Brewing Company. I've had a chance to have a couple of their beers in the past and uh, been a big fan of it. Made in Chicago, like Mike mentioned. And what we're doing tonight is a hazy IPA called Hazy Hero. Their their main like staple IPA is called Anti-Hero IPA, which is good. I remember the first time I ever had it and started drinking it was at... Um, Dewey's Pizza, which is in Cleveland Heights on Lee Road. We, my family loved going there for like Friday night pizza. They had that anti-hero on tap, and I would have a couple um, with the pizzas and loved them. So they've come out with this hazy IPA in the last year or two. It's available year-round, so it's not just strictly a seasonal. But it's not crazy on the alcohol level. I think it's maybe 7.3%. But the way they describe it at the brewery, it's a, you know you gaze into the mist and discover... The transcendental supremacy of American hops in Revolution's newest hazy IPA. It's a smooth, velvety body, and it sets the stage for big fruit-forward flavor and a refreshing finish. And notice they didn't really talk about how much they hopped it. They no. just they did it just enough to give it a velvety touch, Mike. I like it because um, spring spring's almost here. We're about to turn the clocks forward. Day, daylight saving time is almost here, and. Um, I was always a big fan of the Velveteen Rabbit, and some people have said I have the body of a Velveteen yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, it just seems to be even getting more, pronou- more pronounced yeah, as you get and older. Very, yeah. very soft and furry. What I noticed was Jim read that, which was against our rules, but I think he did such a good job that we may, job. we may allow you to read. I'm start, I've am i been practicing my readings getting gooder. So you, you haven't been following the protocol of drinking before the show, I think. and that's Well, I did. I was, I, that's you know, grounds for fun, removal. Interesting that you mentioned that. So a couple of weeks back on our show, we had Dan Meisner, and one of the things he talked about was bourbon because he brought a bottle of bourbon for us to taste. And in the meantime... With my super addictive personality that I have, like I'm like, oh, that bourbon was pretty good. So now I'm like constantly thinking about, you know, researching bourbon and like different types and this and that. So I was at a uh, customer's house today, and 
he had a couple bottles of bourbon that I've recognized as ones that were relatively, you know, difficult to get. And I mentioned to him like, hey, is that, it was a good bottle of Eagle Rare and it's made by Buffalo Trace, the same distillery that made the, the type we sampled. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Um, but here, follow me. So I followed him up to his little like bar area and he's like, open that cabinet and, you know, see if there's anything in there you want to try. Well, I opened the cabinet and there was two bottles of, uh, there was a bottle of Old Van Winkle 12 year, which is pretty fancy tough and basically impossible to get unless you spend a boatload of money and then there was a bottle of pappy van winkle 15 year i'm like wow these are like i've never even like really seen these you know i've just i've seen them online i've never actually seen someone that had them he's like he's like well you need to taste them right now <laughs> like luckily it was like four o'clock in the afternoon at that point I'm say, like, what time was it i'm like so all right he's like so we sat down and he made me pour you know a finger of each and kind of like literally like talked me through like now what do you like smell this and tip it this way and like what do you taste now smell it and then like breathe i mean it was like a, a tasting it was I'm like i'm gonna a, really disappoint you here but i taste whiskey <laughs> like i taste the burning sensation uh i taste and feel eyes watering a slight like vomit reaction and like gagging in my throat he's like yep it's good isn't it yeah like, that's good. It's good. It's good well good i'm gonna, glad you got a chance to taste my whiskey yeah me too here's your bill it's still ten thousand dollars <laughs> right right <laughs> And then you're going to pay for my uh, Uber ride home because there's no way I can make it. Whose so. water are we going to fix? Uh, yours. Whose whiskey are we going to drink? Uh, yours. <laughs> it's a lose-lose for you, sir. <laughs> so oh, great. Well, yeah, let's get our host uh, online here. and, and uh, uh, We're the host, Mike. Yeah, Mike. yeah the hosts are already online. I'm not sure you let's know get how this our works. guest online. No, we're, I thought we were turning over the show to Mark. Uh, we could. We could. I mean, he's, he's a prolific He's an experienced podcaster. podcaster himself. Yeah, so let's go through the accolades here. Um, Mark Haywald, current coach of John Carroll University Wrestling Program, uh, on the cusp of, of greatness here. Unfortunately, uh, I'm not going to get to experience that in the way that they'd they'd hope to this year. But has um, reinvigorated the wrestling program there. Done an excellent job. Uh, John Carroll wrestler himself, uh, hometown boy from Northeast Ohio, uh, with a strong family legacy in wrestling as well. Mark, welcome, man. It's Thanks for having you. me, guys. This is. Uh it's been a lifelong goal of mine for at least the past three weeks to, to be on the show. Well, I mean, now you can now you know you made it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I don't I don't know what else is left, but it's downhill from here, Mark. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. We I know Mike and I have you been on Mark's podcast, Jim? No, Mark's never even invited me onto his podcast. This oh. is kind of one of the reasons why I sent him the text today. Okay. So I felt like I think if I get him on it, here, and I don't even want to be on his podcast now, I just wanted to make him feel really bad about not ever asking me to be on his podcast. Part of it was your writer. You had a lot of demands in there. <laughs> well, I think yeah, everyone no should, one else gets paid. Okay, so <laughs> I, th- I thought my grapes should be halved when they're sitting in my dressing room before I go on. There's no way I'm eating a whole grape. That's a choking hazard, Mike. You know that. You know how I feel about those. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, um, yeah, that was a great experience. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with John Carroll, John Car- the, the university, the wrestling program. How are the kids doing? Um, it's a tough environment right now sure. for, for a kid who, who you know, pledged to, to finish out his wrestling career. And, and how are you doing? How are you holding up? What's yep. the future look well, like? Well, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I think that's, that's something we've, uh, myself and our other coaches, it's, we try to make it not about us. But uh, – yeah, you know, last uh, March we got the phone call or text or email, I guess all of the above, at about maybe four o'clock on a Thursday when the national tournament was starting on. That and you guys, Friday. you guys had already ventured out to what Iowa? Oh, we we're there. Yeah, we we're there on Wednesday. Practiced. Um, the irony of it, of, for you know, the safety of all the kids, everybody was already on the mat. We were 
drilling with kids from other schools because they, you know, we only have this guy and they, you know, whatever. So, so we practice Thursday. We're getting ready to go practice. I'm sorry, Wednesday. Getting ready to practice Thursday. Get the call. Tournament's canceled. You know, just kind of utter chaos. People are trying to get home. We stayed the night um, and then headed home Friday morning, drove home. So we flew out but drove home. Uh, and it's been a year, basically, of... You know, trying to figure this out. What are we doing? Are we going to have a season? Every every time something happens, you're like, yeah, it'll be normal soon. It'll be normal soon. And here we are in uh, January. We had one dual meet. Uh, we got shut down. We had uh, we went over our threshold for COVID on the team. Um, that included uh, two coaches, uh, one being myself. And uh, and then while I was out, the whole team was shut down. We got this call. NCAAs is off. It's canceled. So, guys are you know they are. So you, so you guys literally wrestled one duel and then and that was it. And that yeah. was it. So yeah. now we came back. We we had one other duel on our schedule. Uh, we were returned from our shutdown on a Friday. That duel was on a Sunday. I still wasn't able to go coach. Uh, and, and four guys on our team said, "Yeah, I'll go wrestle." And the rest were like, "Forget it. We're fine." And I was cool with that. I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to wrestle. I don't care." Uh, because they just they, you know, they hadn't practiced for two weeks basically, and right. what was the point? So, um, so yeah, we're a lot of practice for the rest of the year. Guys are we're just kind of focused on becoming better wrestlers, uh, which is which is interesting because I feel like you never do that. You're just focused on the next match. So we're doing that right now. Uh, I think they enjoy that the restrictions have eased up in terms of our our practicing. Uh, so you know, and I'll tell you, I shouldn't. I don't know if I say this on the air. They play dodgeball. And I think that's okay to say. Yeah, okay. Penn, Penn State yeah. talks about playing dodgeball. Okay. Well, no, I'm saying breaking COVID rules, but uh, we play dodgeball. Uh, and you, sell- you sterilize the ball after you catch it, right? Each time, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so they, but I was like watching these kids playing dodgeball, and they haven't had fun for a year. They haven't yeah. had free running around. Touching each other. Uh. <laughs> I don't think you can yeah. say that. For Okay, so you know, but uh, that's that's kind of what that's kind of what is the situation now. I think there's some level of peace. Like at least we know. At least we are aware of our our circumstances, and the, the testing, all that's overwhelming. So I think they're kind of happy that that's over. But yeah, we would love to compete. I mean, of course. you go to yeah. I, we might have talked about this at, at, on our podcast, or at least. Uh, off the air or whatever, but you you know you go to John Carroll for a number of things: a great education, a great liberal arts education, a, you know, a chance to study in the Jesuit tradition, and then you know, yes, to wrestle, to make good friends, uh, but to also become you know better men for others along the way. So it's um, it's unfortunate they don't they don't get to culminate their wrestling career in the ways that that we did. Um, but, but, uh, you know, I think it, it's great that you're focusing on the growth process along the way and everything. Sure. Yeah. And we, we always try to preach, uh, to our guys, wrestling is not the most important thing, but we want to beat wrestlers where it is that that is their most important thing. And we've done it sometimes, a lot of times, I guess. And it's not about wrestling. It's about school. It's about this. It's about that. I'm like, but yeah, we still want to wrestle though. <laughs> we oh, still, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you're not training to just yeah. compete. Like you're training to succeed. We and, still want to win, become all American national champions. Yeah. Those are still things. You say yeah. forty hour fathers before and after and everything, but no, it's, so. of course, of course, yeah. And, and so you built um, a highly competitive team. Tell us about like going into the season. Did you expect kind of the? Well, I guess I mean if I could take it back even more. So you've been the head coach at Carroll for how many years now, Mark? I this was. My, 
I don't even know what I count. I don't even know if you can count this as a full season. <laughs> this is yeah. my sixth season. Okay, so your sixth season. So when you took it over, you had taken it over for a coach, Kerry Volkman, who we all, all four of us had wrestled mm-hmm. for, and he had been there for 30, 40 years. I don't even know, but he had been there a long time. Sure. And when he left, uh, you know, and you came in, I think it was kind of a turning point where you it was you kind of needed to, you know, rebuild the program because it had kind of faded a little bit over the, you know, the, the last several years for sure. And maybe walk us through kind of a little bit like what it was like coming in because before you came to Carroll, you were at Case, mm-hmm. right? And then you were at Mount, um, and then you got the opportunity to come to Carroll and kind of coach at your alma mater where you competed. Um, but it was in a situation where in all reality, like the cupboards were pretty bare at that point. I mean, other than a couple, you so, know, standout kids. So, like, sh- tell us how you've kind of, kind of, you know, where it was like when you came in. Some of the struggles maybe you dealt with, with you know, where where you wanted to go and kind of where where you think you've gotten it now and what are your, you know, where you wanted to keep on going from here. Yeah. So we, it was actually, I'd say the cupboards weren't bare, but they were about to be. So my first year was was great. We had a guy like Dan Meerman three-time All-American, um, and you know, the guy, uh, that's, he was in school to win a national title. That was it. Um, and he wasn't even sure he was going to come back. He needed one semester to graduate. We have a new thing we call the Dan Meerman rule. So if you guys aren't aware, uh, you, can, uh, you don't have to be full-time your last semester. So in his case, the last semester, he needed one hour, one credit hour to graduate. Is that just a Carroll rule? Or that's that's NCAA. Rule? That's okay. NCAA. And so is, that a, that, is that a new deal? No, I think it's always been that. It's just it's not really used often because most D three athletes go three, three or four straight years. So he was one credit hour from graduating. So his spring semester, he took one credit hour. It was volleyball. Um, <laughs> How did he do in it? Did he pass well, it? Here's the thing. <laughs> did he go to we, it? we have three lessons. You bump it. <laughs> yeah. You set it. So you spike it. Uh, we put all over like our Twitter, our JCU wrestling Twitter, and all that stuff. Congrats to Dan Meerman. Not only did he finish his academic career, All-American as a three-time All-American, he finished his senior last semester with a 4.0 GPA. <laughs> and so we call that the Dan Meerman rule because you go, hey, if you want to stay an extra year, you kind of heavy load, and then you can take one credit hour, and, and that's how you do it. And you but wanna, anyway. but it, I, that would kind of take a little bit of foresight in the fact that you kind of need to know like hey i want to be your five yeah or you're in a situation where that just kind of happens because an injury or whatever but anyway so you didn't ask me about that but so we were good you know dan was there uh will porter qualified for for the national tournament and and lost the match to place uh you know if will places we might have been a top 15 team you know because one more all americans huge and then the next year that's that was no national qualifiers i mean that's the first year with john Carroll with no national qualifiers I don't know, 10 years or something, right? That doesn't happen often. It's probably happened three times in the past 60 years. So, that, yeah, the cupboards were bare at that point. Culturally, we had a bunch of freshmen who they were running the show. You know, that's kind of how it goes. And it's, I'm sure you guys are aware of it. You've, you've probably done it. I did it. It's like you grow by your senior year. You, you hate the kids who are doing the same things that you were doing. You're like, this kid, he's a, he does this. And, and I'm like, hey, remember when you did that? They're like, oh, yeah, coach. Yeah, I did do that. Uh, so remember when you sucked? Yeah, yeah. And so that the progression was was changing the culture uh, because because you know even if you were a goofball as a freshman, you already had you weren't in the lineup necessarily. So we're just throwing these guys in the lineup, trying to make it work, and it, it was a challenge. Um, the big thing I, I a strength of mine and a weakness of mine, I think, is I run a very I use the word like lay as fair. Like 
you want to be good, great. You want to be bad, I don't care. Like, come in, you want to do extra, cool. And that works very well for a lot of people, and uh, for, for a lot of people, it works horribly. So we have guys now who they're more committed than ever because they, they said, this is about me. This is not about my coach demanding orders. It's, it's about what I want. So, um, so yeah, we've made that progression, you know, one at a time. It's like you get a guy to nationals finally. The Jared Lasko plays is at nationals. So, and then the following year, we get four guys to nationals, and, and that was the year it was shut down. So I think we were a top 20 team last year. I think we were a top 10, top 5 team this year, and I think we'll be that next year too, though. So, so yeah, it, it's just – it's just a mindset. And I, I guess you guys kind of, I think, attest to what we want. I want it, John Carroll. Like, if you talk to you guys, you're serious about your work, your jobs, I'm assuming, right? You're serious about your family, but you know how to laugh. You know how to have a good time. Like, there's bigger things than wrestling, but when you're on the mat, like... That's the nothing. biggest thing. Yeah. There's I big- mean, there's bigger things than wrestling, but when you're in the middle of it, like, For that's sure. the biggest thing. I always <laughs> say, I'm like, the wrestling is not... So, like, say we have a tournament, and it's on Saturday. We're at the hotel on Friday. I'm like, guys, wrestling is not the most important thing in the world. But it is the most important thing in the next 24 hours. Right. And, and if you can't ident- uh, you know, identify with that, then this isn't for you. So, no, I mean, I think you guys know John Carroll. You guys had a lot of fun stuff we can't talk about. Uh, no, we can't. <laughs> we can't. We I can't, I can't talk we, about we, we've mentioned. Uh, <laughs> But, right, I mean, I, I use our Florida trip as a perfect example. I always tell everyone, like, do you know how many teams go to Key West over, over uh, winter break and train? I can tell you how many because it's a small island. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen there's no other team. John Carroll, that's it. But we wake up every morning at 6 a.m. and we run. We come back, we lift. We come back, we wrestle. Like best of both worlds. That's what I, you know, kind of look at it as. Of, you know, we're having fun, but we're training hard too. So that's that's and guys believe in that now, and that that's a process. Yeah, it takes time. I think when you have a culture and anything, whether it's a business or an athletic team or a school or whatever, like it, you know. There, there's a lot of fight that you have to put up with that sure. try to avoid it because people don't like change. Well, I was going to say, I think one of the challenges we have coaching college wrestling in Northeast Ohio is there's so much good high school wrestling. So you're compared instantly to my great high school coach. Well, this is how we did it in high school where I feel like in other places you don't have that in the same way. You don't have iconic high school coaches who who have you know had such success and I'm, I'm just their college coach. So you don't have that necessarily elsewhere yeah and again i think like with change you know people think that if you know whatever i've done in the past and it's been to a certain level of success like why would i change that but like you know like in wrestling it's always about like how can you improve in every little facet i mean i've coached you know college level i've coached high school i've coached like five-year-olds um but how how did coaching mark versus coaching the (laughs) five-year-olds it was similar i mean their their skill set was similar but the amount, of moves, of, the amount of moves they did were probably <laughs> but I always tell like the, you know when, when I would be coaching like the little guys and you know we would show them on day two or three like how to like do a, a shot and do a double leg and then you would drill it and they drill like three double legs like poorly and then they'd be like mm, I got it I'm like <laughs> I'm like you can never get too good at a double leg you know it's like guys like Jordan Burroughs you know he's a four time world champ Olympic gold medalist like probably the best double leg in the history of wrestling like he's still trying to get better at his double leg you know so and jim you i remember you said something to me once when you transitioned from college to youth wrestling i said how do you like like, that's gotta be tough and you said something along the lines of it's the first time i go to practice every day 
and every single person is happy to be there. And I was like, that's, that's, you know, and I think we're actually getting to a point. I'm like, I, guys, are, nobody's, nobody's upset to be in here today. And I think that's a good thing. So, uh, so that's the, the beauty of young kids. Yeah. yeah Cause could, they, they don't, you know, and at that time you still try to make it fun for them. Yeah. I know when I was coaching in high school for a couple of years, we would take the team to Penn state for camps every summer and got a chance to like hang out with some of the coaches there and meet some of the guys. And this was, when uh this is probably like seven or eight years ago but like those guys all seem to be having a blast that was one thing you noticed you know with the differentiation between like seeing iowa guys work out which obviously they've been ultra successful too and penn state guys work out like the penn state guys are always like having fun you know and the coaches were always pretty you know kale isn't a real talkative guy but he's got a really good sense of humor Mm -hmm. and he's a funny guy to talk to in a deadpan kind of sense of humor way um, so you, you could tell that those guys enjoyed it. Like they worked super hard and it wasn't easy by any means, but they could turn the switch off. And when it was time to like kind of blow steam off and have a good time, like that was all a part of it, which probably, I mean, as you guys know, wrestling season for the most part, like my high school ex- wrestling experience, like I could not wait till the season was over. <laughs> it was so miserable. You know, every day you walk into practice, it was just like, Oh my God, how can I do this for another like two hours? And then you you know you go home go to sleep get up the next morning like oh I gotta fucking do this again yeah and uh, it yeah, changed in college for me I mean if I you're gonna make fun. wrestling a profession you're gonna make it a career if you're gonna be a lifelong wrestler it's gotta be fun I mean you have to find ways to make it fun and I just I just thought of a couple of stories that we could probably talk about here a little later I think first <laughs> we need to take a step back okay so we're drinking IPAs good ones yeah. And that's fun. See, like I think and that should be incorporated awesome. in wrestling more. And that's that's hazy IPA, super fun. Probably why we're so cool, right? Mark elected. Oh yeah, look at he's actually grabbing one right now. Yeah, he's bringing it. Uh, I knew what you were doing, so I was like, I'm yeah. gonna get another one here. Mark's gonna drink. Try to guess what it is. Just by the sound of that, it sounds light. <laughs> um, it sounds like twisted tea. Tell Mark. Tell us the story behind hard iced tea with a twist of lemon. And how you fell well, in love with it. So I know you guys talk about content. This is 5% alcohol by volume. <laughs> it's, it's basically like apple juice. It's been sitting in your fridge. <laughs> it's more, than, more than like a, a Miller Lite or a Bud it's, Light or something. It's basically like drinking iced tea, but twisted. <laughs> but fun. You just twist um, a little bit. So the, I went with the, the just the... The regular, because that's what they had at the BP. You but, didn't, uh, they didn't have the light twisted. Well, no, they have a variety pack. It's peach, uh, raspberry, regular, and then lemonade, uh, iced tea. So, uh, gosh, that's probably about five years ago. I was drinking a beer, and I started choking. Like it was like literally like, oh my god, I'm choking. What's going on? You gave the international sign for choking. Yeah, well, I was. Not, I mean, I could breathe, but I was like really hurting. And I had this like... Was it like heartburn or something? No, I was like, my my throat was closing. And I had this mo. I describe it like an M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> like the end of the movie. You know how they have to, they play back. So in case you weren't paying attention, here's yeah, all the things. that's right. And I was and like, like, oh, that makes sense. And I was M. like, Night Shyamalan thinking, assumes all the viewers are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like here, so, let me, like let me go and explain yeah, what I've done so here. So you got to watch it again to really get it. But uh, I had this like, oh my God, I've... I've, I'll go out. I'll drink two beers. I wake up the next day, and I'm 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 horribly hungover. Or so I thought, and I've thought of times where I'd be drinking, and all of a sudden I'm like, I need to go home. I've had like three beers. I feel really sick. But it's weird because I've drinking twelve beers and and not felt that way. So uh, my wife's a nurse, um, and she she came to I, I trust what she says that I'm allergic to something, and it which 
this was going to break your guy's heart. I think it might be the hops. <laughs> so, what about a- aggressively hot? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, because so so yeah, so that's what happened. I mean, these aren't your average hops. I mean, these are aggressively so, hot. So I can so try one. We probably, we yeah, probably shouldn't even have these cans that close. Yeah, to yeah. It. It's not like a peanut allergy. <laughs> like you know, you, you go you, into a bar. Yeah, like you can't sit at the same table as like the many kid. things in this cabin have been in contact with hops. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, that's fine. So wood. so I started, but but I like um, you know I like drinking. And I like sugar, so I kind of put those things together, and I and I found twisted tea, and uh, I drink them all. I mean, in the summer, they're they're literally scattered all over my yard, the empty cans. <laughs> are, are you like a? Have you ever dabbled into like the white claws? Are you a white? Hate them. Hate, white hate them. I don't know. They they're gross to me. I don't know what it is. I don't yeah. like seltzer water really in general. Or yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't. I've tried. Uh, I mean, I'll drink it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, and I do drink. I'll drink like a. I love margaritas. Um, so you know. I'm, I'm kind of like a like it's I'm on vacation always, <laughs> and so you're you're always with Jimmy Buffett. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and I've if really kind come, of I, I started listening a, to Jimmy Buffett an, actually. If the drink has an umbrella in it, I'll have it. So funny story in that is, uh, you know, guys, I'll be at a bar and I'll order something, and some there's always the one guy and he'll be like. Hey Mark, you, you, those are girl drinks. I'm like, yeah, I drink girl drinks. <laughs> Next thing I know, it these guys will, they'll, my friends will buy me drinks for like for funny. They're like, hey, give me something. Put six umbrellas in there, <laughs> and and I'm like, haha, you got me. Give me the drink, and so I'll get but free I think drinks. Just being polite, because normally you'd buy girls yeah. drinks. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna buy you a drink. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not sleeping with you, so <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> hey Samantha, you want another cosmopolitan? <laughs> so yeah, it works fine, but uh. You know, and I, yeah, and you were saying before, off the air, they can be dangerous because they don't taste like anything. You can drink twelve of these, and you wouldn't even they wouldn't even phase you. Shane, tell us about getting girl drink drunk. <laughs> you know, Mike. Hey, let's give some. We have to give some attention to Shane here because it was Shane's birthday. It last was Sunday. Shane's oh, birthday. Oh, we didn't birthday. get we didn't get to do a podcast last week. Correct. Um, a but couple Shane, of things transpired last Shane week. Had a couple of things special, I'm really happy about that I do want to talk about. Well, I was, was going to be mad at you, but how old are you, Shane? I am same age as Mike and Jim now, <laughs> 44. And in celebration of the number four, tell us a little bit about about what uh, you got a special message from a, yeah, so from my, a friend of my mine. My birthday was last Sunday. My <laughs> 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 birthday was last Sunday. Uh, Cooked some good steaks at home Saturday night with the family, and then went over to my mom's for some pasta, my in-laws, and uh, you know hung out with the family. And Sunday night, and I'm sitting on the couch, and the thing pops up from Mike. Click on it. It's a message from our good friend, Arn Anderson. <laughs> friend of the show. Friend of the show. Big time fan. Original member of the Four Horsemen. Yeah. And one of the, him and was Rick he, was, was he from the Double Cross Ranch at one point? I think he, I think he trained there for a little bit. That was somebody, yeah. So the original, so I, the original four members of the Four Horsemen. So Arnon Ole Anderson, Rick Flair, and Tully Blanchard, and Tully, Tully Blanchard. Blanchard. Yeah, yeah, of course, obviously. I can't forget TB. TB. Well, you, you're, I mean, it's funny because Mike and I were in communi- communique over oh, the weekend. I will tell you that we there had, were some other we ideas. Had some options. <laughs> yeah. So it's cameo. Yes. Yes. Cameo. So what? what no, what? no. Arn just called and he's like, "I heard it's Shane's birthday." <laughs> Shane's birthday. Hey, right Mike, I, got a, I want to shout out to him. He's like, "What are you doing for Shane's birthday?" I'm like, "Oh shit, you're right." <laughs> hey, can you just can you just send him a video of you saying happy birthday? Um, I am in love with that site. I think it's so <laughs> it's cool. So good. And and as and as as artificial as it may sound, I don't care who you are. When you get that video, 
Tell me if it's not true. Oh, or not. So you cool. watch it several times in a row. I, well, just I, like, quote, I can quote the whole thing. I think. <laughs> like when he's like surprise, surprise. Like Shane's watching it and he's like mouthing what he's saying. He's like, I'm not, you know, his mouth's moving. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's the coolest thing. And and uh, you know, to Arn's credit, man, um, if you're listening out there, <laughs> um, he he turned that thing around. It was Saturday morning. We uh, Jim and I started talking about it, and we. Um, you know, some of those guys will take seven days to, to actually record. Yeah, I think a they have like a week or whatever. So uh, I, I sent in it. I sent it in on Saturday. I'm like, man, I don't know if he's gonna get it um, by tomorrow, but it would be still be pretty cool anyway. And uh, he recorded it like the next morning. Apparently, Aaron doesn't have a lot going <laughs> not, on. Not a lot. No, maybe not a <laughs> but lot. Hey, going after, on. I mean, after a career like that, now's the time to just take it easy. What you know? made you go with with him? She, uh, she, uh, in college, we went down a real dark hole. Of, uh, <laughs> oh, we were deep into the, the four horsemen. It was kind of the golden age of the WCW at the time. And I um, think we we really were like trying to model ourselves after the four horsemen. Uh, exactly. I tried a few moves. Uh, I actually set up a turnbuckle at one of our matches at JC. I saw Jim put a guy in a figure four. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, those are illegal didn't when submit. it's around a guy's leg like that. They didn't submit. Actually, they both got back points. <laughs> It was like Rocky one or Rocky two, and they both are getting counted out. One, two, no, no, flip flop. Uh, no, Shane's. Uh, we we grew up. We're the, of the same ilk, watching NWA and Hair Arena, growing up as a kid, and watch Ronnie Hansestone, Garvin, and Dusty Rhodes, and the Four Horsemen, and everything else, and on the TV every you know on the weekdays, and uh, and then in college. None of us probably, we all experienced Hulkamania and the WrestleManias yeah. and everything else. But then in college, uh, the w, WWF kind of had stood down because of scandal and whatever, and the WCW was standing up. All of a sudden, your heroes are villains in the new, yeah. in then the new Sting, era. Then Sting showed up. Sting shows up. That was big. And we pretty religiously watched every minute oh, of it. Yeah. Party guys was a problem. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was we watched every minute and of my, it. My favorite part, though, was like through that whole thing is that the one Monday night, it was Monday Night Raw, right? Is that what? I think it's Monday Night Night Nitro. No, not back then, though. Like on WCW, it was like. It, WCW yeah. was Nitro, right? Was it Nitro? Yeah, yeah it's Raw now, But right? the, the one time <laughs> that like, you know, someone's in there, like the typical pro wrestling, like someone's in the ring, like they just did something horribly illegal or you know the ref didn't see the ref's see. not paying attention they right, never the ref pay attention got out and whatever and they're celebrating and then all of a sudden you just hear like music coming on and then they're like whoa they're looking around like what's going on what's going on and like smoke starts billowing out of the you know arena ramp and like who walks out a Roddy Roddy Piper like comes oh, back on. I was like oh my god I have you guys back. seen a movie it's probably about that time called Ready to Rumble was that the one that he was in it, it was based on the WCW it was with uh, uh I can't think of the guy, the actors. The one actor was in um, all the Scream movies. Um, Eric Bischoff. But it's 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 a WCW movie. It's, okay. it's, 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 oh, real, wow. it's a it's a comedy. We, it's horrible, but we, it's funny. We watched these all, uh, and and uh, Arn would make. Um, they would kind of bring back the old the old guy. Rick he was Claire kind of like, was a, still Arn was kind of like a manager a little bit, right? And, yeah. and we always kind of hoped, like, man, what if Arn Anderson comes out? And every now and then he'd come out, punch a few guys. <laughs> but he's got like you know fusion in his oh, neck yeah. and everything else he so. actually didn't look so that was bad. legit for you that's like that meant something. oh it was so oh, okay, awesome okay. Thank, well thank you very much i mean awesome. that made my day and it, you don't even want to know who i told stall to try to find out but so, he was dead the guy was dead so i do want to i do want to go back through uh the, and it wasn't a wrestler the, the thought process was like 
hey, why don't we send Shane a birthday note about uh, and, and a note of encouragement about recently coming out? <laughs> and you know, all of us knowing it's not true, but wouldn't that be funny? And, and, and what we decided was it'd be super funny for Jim and I, maybe not for, <laughs> maybe not for Shane. I wouldn't be sharing that with anybody. Family. So here's the other one is that the actor, and I, no one here knows his name probably, but Shooter McGavin's on Cameo. And I thought, well, why don't we just tell him he that our buddy looks a lot yeah. like Tiger Woods and do a thing. Well, so what does Hugh McGavin cost? Uh, I, I have to go back and look, but it's not it's not an astronaut. He's probably gone up. Did you just see he was? Uh... Yeah, did you see what they announced today. No, Happy Gilmore too. Unbelievable. Well, and then you saw there was the he was hitting the the thing. It was the anniversary of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. saw that video. He looked yeah. like, I think he's gotten into some trouble. I mean, I might be making this up, but. He looked like his cheeks were so red. Like I think he drank so lot. He didn't age as well <laughs> as Adam he Sandler. He didn't look so great I, in that video. I guarantee that'd be an epic cameo. <laughs> um, but you can, uh, you know, Ric Flair will do it for five hundred bucks. Um, wow. You know, and there he's got it, alligator you, shoes though. You can pay as much as you want. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, you can talk scoff at scoff at the idea of cameo and whatever and that they're reading, and then receive a note from one of these guys, and you'll be like, oh, very cool. That's very cool. I like scouring the cameo for uh, like who you can get for like five dollars, like just to see if you know any of the names. So I'm I, I'm registered on there. You can find me on there now. Um, like, I guess host, a, what's your, host of podcast cutting weight. Well, what's um, your what's your fee? Uh, a hundred grand. <laughs> okay, you gotta really want it to get money. But I'll give you an hour. <laughs> Like I was wondering, I'll actually come to your house and just hang out with you for a weekend. <laughs> no, it's uh, no, I I didn't. But but any literally anybody can do it. You can get you can get a message from and, and I went down like oh, Jim originally had said, hey, what about Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds? And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I'll take a look. And it turns out Larry Larry Scott is not uh, alive, <laughs> no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> so second best was Arne Anderson. Yeah. So well, and we ultimately. I was it. actually thinking Leap and Lanny Poffo would have been funny too, but oh, that'd been good. So you can, I mean, just go on there and put pro wrestler, and you find just there's a lot of guys looking for. Yeah. Little, he was marrying Macho Man Savage's brother, right? In real yes, life. Yeah. 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 Little little stuff I, I tidbit. Know. <laughs> so that was funny, like talking about cameo stuff and how much Shane and Mike and I used to watch the pro wrestling, you know, back in the day. Remember, remember when like. The, like when you would have a, a Mexican wrestler come in, they you know in a pro wrestling style, they'd always have a mask on. Like you never knew who who it was, I and mean, they'd always have some stall. I think we purchased some uh, Mexican lucha libre masks. We did. I don't know how we came upon it, but it was. Uh, um, we were just talking about. I can't remember if it was on the air or off the air, but we talked about you know uh, uh, wrestling other schools and everything else. But anyway, Jim and I had some spare time. <laughs> to ourselves and that's always a, dangerous we're about to have an afternoon practice which wasn't always probably the most productive no no productively spent we probably played some super mario or some blades of steel or whatever it was and but it, but whatever happened transpired we we're getting ready for this practice we we're looking to spice it up you know it's 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 the dark gray winter uh practice you can tell afternoon. you can tell like morale was kind of low on the team that, that right week. so jim and i decided to spice it up so we dress up as luchadors uh to go into the john carroll wrestling room which was expected to be just kind of another day in the yeah, it was no, like a normal wednesday just a normal practice well uh 
I, I remember I've got underwear pulled up over my shoulders, a cape, and a luchador mask. Jim's got the same thing, a cape as well. <laughs> We've got like, you know, knee-high socks, striped socks pulled up, and we go into the wrestling room. Like and a we bunch just, of wild banshees. Yeah, we just start... We had gotten some like old wrestling gear from Panch, and yeah. we had put singlet... You know, those, it was like... I think we had old John Carroll like from the 70s singlets yeah. that we like cut up. And, you had the mask, though. Exactly. Yeah, we, hey, we can, can I just ask a question? So I feel like if, if a kid today wanted a wrestling mask, he would go on Amazon. Right. Absolutely. Easy. Big fun. You you guys did you had to put a lot of work in to big find fun. that? No, big fun, a store on Coventry. Okay. I don't even know if, you, if that yep. store was even around. I think so, maybe. But they had the most random shit there. Remember that Mr. T doll I oh had? Oh my god. It was awesome. <laughs> I had a Mr. T hand puppet. <laughs> it, was just, it was just it was just Where hours. is it now? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Who knows? It's probably still. It's probably it's worth probably like five hundred dollars. I bet my fun. dorm room at Burnett. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jim and I dress up. We go into the junkyard wrestling room. We expect to see everybody else that we we see every single day, and just kind of pump them up a little bit, give them a give them a give them a laugh, a chance to smile. Yeah, just a little shot of excitement. We run into the room and we do laps, and then we leg drop each other. We you know DDT each other and everything else. And by the time like we're done with that, we realize. We don't know half the people in this room. <laughs> like there's other people in here that we weren't expecting. And it's it's the uh, it's the Tri C wrestling team and their coach <laughs> and Carrie Volkman in this the coolest of ways pulls me aside. And he's like, Hey Miguel, I don't know what you and Jaime had planned today, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna scrimmage uh, Tri C and if uh, you guys could lace it up, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Let's go ahead and. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap this up and let's get started. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, coach. Yeah, no, no, yeah, gotcha. no problem. Loud and clear, V-Man. I wrestled for the next hour and a half and a jockstrap pulled up over my shoulders. <laughs> but you never felt freer, I can tell you that. What I'll did, tell you what, I what wrestled, did Tri-C I was, I was on my is. head that day. I mean, the Tri-C kids just kind of looked at us like, what the fuck is up with these? Like, you know, like, like coming from Tri-C to John Carroll, they were probably like already going in thinking like, these rich spoiled brats and uh-huh. now you got these like weirdos dressed up as Mexican Lucha Libre it's like <laughs> praying around like hitting them in the head like, ah! making like a bunch of crazy noises and, and you guys were good <laughs> like you were a good team top top five in the country yeah, yeah. We and you guys beat on them for two hours <laughs> that's right yeah alright yeah so, so it was I don't know it was just uh, I mean <laughs> I just remember seeing the look on some of their faces that was just like, what the fuck is going on here? So, uh, yeah, I, I missed weight as a freshman at uh, John Carroll University against Cleveland State. I think Kerry Volkman was more disappointed in me that day <laughs> as a Lucha Libre than he was <laughs> when I missed weight at Cleveland State. Uh, that was that was funny, but we, we ended up overcoming it. Quick quick story about Shane's middle school wrestling pitcher. Um Awesome. No. Oh, damn it. I to, now I'm going to have to post this for the, for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, po- please post it for the podcast and tell me if he doesn't look like he's about to DJ. <laughs> oh, my God. I, think actual, I, don't, uh, I don't think, like, typically you would want your elbows that wide out. <laughs> that wide out and your palms down and your hands like fins. No, I think that's a good stance. <laughs> See, it's just a well, photo. It's just a photo. It wasn't how I actually wrestled. <laughs> Hey, if that was eighth grade, I was undefeated. So, Mark, if are you in your socks? Though? Mark, if you think that's a good stance, we're gonna have to do a clinic <laughs> over at John Carroll. Just trying, to, just trying to be kind. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of other stuff going on, at John Carroll. Now you have your own podcast you're doing, right, Mark? Tell us yes. a little bit about that. So, we actually started it two years ago, uh, and it was a John Carroll podcast. It's 
changed many ways through that time was it like initially just supposed to be about john carroll correct University? yeah so our 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 team so our our logic was if 10 people listen and they care if it's a one wrestler one parent one alum you know that's great we we got our point across but then my assistant chad chad rhodes uh he moved he left the school you know and he moved across the country he's in oregon now so we kind of said, hey, what sh- should we still do this? Um, and then we said, let's take it in a different direction. So we started back up uh, this year, 2021, and uh, took it in a different direction. So Wolfpack Radio. And I guess as I'm sitting in the cutting weight cabin here, this is kind of the point um, of what we're doing. Like you were three guys. You wrestled with each other. You all graduated in 1999. Yep. Is that right? 99. Yeah. To over 20 years 99 ago. 99 and a half. I was a summer grad. <laughs> 99 or 99 and a half. Well, technically, 20, technically like, 2000 is when I actually graduated. Okay, I mean, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> potato, but potato. We're not, we're not but, but here. I guess the point is uh, 20 years ago, and you're sitting here in a cabin, uh, hanging out, talking, wrestling. And I think sometimes we get lost in like who won, what happened, how did this, you know, who, how many points were scored, all that, all that stuff. And we're missing a really huge part of our sport, which is uh, relationships um, or maybe uh, what the sport does for people. So that's kind of what our goal in, in Wolfpack Radio is. So just as an example, um, well, here, let me just put it this way. So our, there's also like a, a mentality that we have coaching at John Carroll Wrestling of like, we want to be great, we want to be good, but like, we're also having fun. So our, our our logo, if you guys have seen it, it's a wolf. He's a muscular wolf, but he has a ripped apart. Oh, that, oh my God! How much for that shirt? Stahl's got the wolf shirt. Oh, on. Geez. The the wolf theme today. Hungry like the wolf for the yeah, theme yeah. show. I'm so wearing my wolf our, shirt. Our, our mascot. The, the, in, the interesting thing too. Speaking of wolf shirts, so when Mike got married to Melissa, Shane and I were both in the wedding, and for the you know the groomsman gift, he got us all wolf shirts. Oh my god, they were all different, a little That's bit amazing. different. But yeah. I still have mine uh, at my house. I only wear it on special occasions, and I probably should have worn it. This is a special occasion. Oh, you know yeah. what? I have a wolf shirt that I, that I wear at least once a week. I should wear it today. We're, we're four wolves. Here. Well, do you remember at the wedding party. we wore them underneath our tuxedos, yeah. yes, and then we took, took off our shirts and we're at the wedding in our wolf shirt. So, so yeah, there you go. So, so our wolf is it's he's a jacked wolf, but he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, um, and he's having a good time. So we basically one of the things that at John Carroll, it's almost like we're tough, but we're not tough guys. Uh, if that makes sense, right? We're not. We don't look for fights. We're just like, but not, we're also not associated with the mafia in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so that's kind of the thing. This sport has taught so many people so many things. Um, and sometimes you only look at well, who who accomplished, you know what? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, not not to brag, Jim. You know, being an All American is a big deal yeah. for some people on on for some people this hemisphere. It's overrated. <laughs> overrated. <laughs> no. yeah. So, but no. I get it though. Like, if, if me being an All American and you yourself, Mark, were an All American, like, yeah. if that not was bragging, if, but if yeah. that was the best thing that I've ever done in my life, then like, I'm not living a good life. <laughs> Hey, okay. being a national qualifier is really cool too. No, it's great. But again, regardless of like <laughs> your, is all American, but yeah. regardless of your accolades in wrestling, it's like if that if that was like the highlight of your life, yes. then like you, then you have a problem. You're not living a good life. Like you, so, you, you use the sport to basically be a launching pad for like what you want to do with your life. Yes, it, it teaches you so much and it builds so much character and yep. gives you tools to be successful. Exactly. So, so I'll give you. I mean. 
we had a uh, the one we just actually released today was with uh, Dan Brown, who you coached. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like you have all these people that I know that have been on this podcast. <laughs> so what a dick. So, yeah, I know. Uh, so Dan Brown, his younger brother Frank's a priest. He just became a priest last year. And That's funny because like I saw that in the I think your the Facebook post that it would have been Facebook or yeah yeah right? probably yeah and it had um, Frank Brown on there. I'm like I know that name. I couldn't remember. Now that you say it, I, me- I remember because he was he went to um, OU. He went to OU, but I, w- I would have known him from DeSales. DeSales, right. Yep. Where Dan went. Correct. So I remember him, but I couldn't place it. So now, I'm, yeah, now it's making sense. So here's a guy who's a state champ in wrestling, goes to OU, he's a D1 wrestler, and he's a Catholic priest. Like, that's that's wild to me. But our, our but, guest... But then you have, like, uh, who else? Ben? Uh, or not Ben. Um... So we had Fion. Uh, no, who's the other one that's like a pastor? No, we didn't have Ben Adams, but that'd be a good ben one. Ben Adams so, is a, another guy that was a Carol Russell, all American. Yep, and he's, and he's, he's a, a he's a, a Lutheran pastor, maybe or a but, minister, you know. Or but so the, so we had this guy the episode before. His name's Mike Manazzi. He was third at the USA Olympic trials for race walking. Uh, I saw that. Like, what, like <laughs> yeah, how is that a sport? I so, even... well, well, that's that's another. I mean, but race. So, so, if you've seen race walking, it, so first of all, these guys they walk faster than than all four of us could run. So that that's how do you know if you're good at race walking? I don't know. He he described race walking as a sport that was ninety percent, or he said it's ten percent talent. So it's just about what you put in. But here's the thing. So he went to Notre Dame College. I coached him my first year coaching there, and then I left for Mount. But. Uh, he was he was not a strong wrestler, and he found race walking. I mean, he's probably the first one to class every day. <laughs> <laughs> he's never like the practice. Never, Acad- never. Academic uh, All-American, but, by but the way. But he so he was third in the country at the 2016 Olympic trials. Top three qualify for the Olympics. However, not to interrupt you, but oh, yeah. how is race walking an Olympic sport? <laughs> and there's only six Olympic weight classes in wrestling. <laughs> Explain that to me. Well. I would IOC. I would go towards like I would attack some other sports before I'd attack race walking. Isn't skateboarding or like they have some like some crazy? Oh, they added like, a bunch of break dancing. That was the one I was thinking. I'm of. not attacking race walking in any way. No, no, I get. But it. I feel like it takes more athletic ability to break dance than it does to race walk. <sighs> I think the race walk. We can go in a different. We can go in a different direction. But I actually love. That the Olympics offer sports like archery, like fencing, these these sports that don't get like I don't think basketball should be in the Olympics, quite frankly, or soccer or but baseball. But the, the problem is like why limit a sport like wrestling to well, six weight that, classes? Uh, because yeah. you think the Olympics are losing money? It's like a multi-billion-dollar yeah. industry, and like they can't afford to spend an extra day or get an extra two <laughs> weight classes for you know the ten or fifteen best wrestlers in the world. I would call that politics. Uh, oh, I think there's some politics involved. All right, but anyway, That's so back a to different podcasts. So, 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 yeah, yeah. Let's get to that later. But uh, so, Mike, third best in the in the country in the USA, top three qualify for the Olympics. Except you have to also hit a time, which I guess the USA is not the strongest uh, in race walking. <laughs> but race walking game needs. But style. any, my point is, here's a guy who his story all started with wrestling that's it he became a race walker top he's traveled the world and in the sport but it all started with wrestling and so that's kind of the story we want to tell um but also like from from my perspective of uh the way i coach and the way we do things uh 
we want to we want to be a good program, but we don't want to we don't want to be about wrestling. We want to be about everything else, but we still want to win. You know, we left the season ranked second in the country, and that was we were ranked second bef- when they were ranking everybody before teams were canceling. We were ranked second, so we were. It's not like oh, COVID second. We were ranked second, and I, I preach every day. It's not about wrestling. It's not about wrestling, and and I think that's how you're good. You know, that's how you're successful in the sport is if you don't make it about. Um, I mean. Think of the people you know who, who that's all they do they wrestle and then they finish wrestling and then they do more wrestling and it's like what the hell are you doing with your life um so so to me it's 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 that avenue um and and that's what we're trying to tell but we're also i think we try to have fun so so chad and i i think we have a different sense of humor um we talk about like we this last one i was talking about blood sport you guys you ever heard of blood sport the movie I heard of it are you kidding me we're in, <laughs> we're in the heart of blood sport um, country right so now. and i know and i know you guys are cobra kai fans as well but uh no so we try to i really i don't take myself seriously as a coach so that's another thing we try to do in our podcast so i would say to to the millions of uh cutting weight listeners join the thousands of <laughs> of uh, Wolfpack listeners and, and give us a shot but we just want to have fun tell a little story and, and honestly I don't even care if, if nobody listens because I get inspired every week talking to people who have cool stories you guys you guys had Sean Fee I mean it's like yeah that's great it's guy. like a, I'm just I'm a kid I'm gonna write a book like future offer of the feline yeah that was funny that was good <laughs> but like that takes some balls honestly to write a book I mean it, it does and I think that was a cool thing to hear about so yeah um, I mean I, I really like the direction you've taken the podcast with with just having these just different guests that yeah, inspire yeah. you you do your your uh, your moment at the end of uh, what do you call it I, we call it like so I call it like everyday inspiration um, we could do one now if you guys want so so what I try to do is I look at things in life like so that was my blood my 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 bl- I don't want to you guys got to listen my blood sport one I like to reference movies I like to reference animals did you star on the blood the blood time podcast? I've been on blood time a few times yeah oh are you kidding oh, that's another, you're, you're that's a wrestling you're a two time two time I was actually on the first episode of both seasons so uh, <laughs> wow so uh I don't even think we have seasons. So just, no, we don't. But no, when do we stop? Not long start? enough. Do we, stop we just start never stop. Yeah, we're it's one. It's one. It's we're still one. in season one. one. It's gonna be season one, episode seven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way we'll to be go. Eighty-five years old. So, so yeah, but that's I think I think it's just trying to have fun with it, like you guys are doing. But but I try to make my kids laugh at practice every day. That's that's like one of my goals. Um, mostly to prove how funny I am. I, I, I want to know. Like, I just want to know. Are you that funny? <laughs> you still got uh, it. Well, I think like well, in general, though, wrestling is such a hard sport, and it is, you know, it is a grind. If if you really want to put everything into it that you want to get out of it, so without any bit of levity or break yeah, or laughter, it it's just fun. like it's so, it's hard to stay. I was listening to Joe Rogan today. And he was talking about fighters, and he was I mean, he was talking specifically about boxers, and uh, he was talking about when Tyson fought um, his last fight with who did he fight? Roy, Roy Jones. Jones, and that like he had Tyson in as a guest, and this was like right before the fight, and Tyson he had had Tyson in as a guest previously, like when Tyson wasn't doing anything, and Tyson was it was just fun and whatever, but like this was like a couple weeks before the fight, and Tyson was like in fight mode. He's like, I'm sitting there talking to him in a room, and like my table wasn't wide enough. Like I couldn't get further away from this guy because I thought <laughs> at any point like he was just gonna like. That's Tyson though. Head. Tyson like, wanted like, to These kill guys people. can only run at this high RPM for like a window. 
because after a while, like, you just can't maintain it. That's why you see so many guys that are fighters I, that can't just. I'm so, always amazed to hear about like what those guys do, like MMA guys, like you know their training window is what weeks long, right? Oh, like, months. It, uh, well, months long. The hardcore, but then the hardcore yeah, yeah. stuff is just weeks, like six probably week, weeks long, yeah. six weeks. Like, uh, you know, uh, Dana White always talks about like contracts falling through with fights and like billing and everything else that it just kind of falls through. And a guy, like a, a guy, need six weeks to get in, in preparation for a fight. I mean, that's a. I mean, but you can't run at that like all that's year what, yeah, long. That's what right? his point was is like you can only get and stay at that, maintain yeah, that level right. for like a window. Right. And then it's just like you humans aren't made to be able to like run that hot for, for sure. That so, so I think that's why you hear like Conor McGregor, like I'm retiring. No, okay. I'm not. And, and I'm not. I'm going to fight again here in another. Well, you know, four and I was going to say, Mike, as an army guy, you've been in uh, combat. I know you've, you've, I don't know if you've, what exactly all that level is, but I imagine you guys were screwing around. Like if you weren't engaged, you were screwing around. Like I, I have Absolutely. a cousin who's a cop and he's, he's not like a cop in like, Suburban. He's a, he's like he's he's fired his gun. He's had to been in some serious situations, and he he's the most like just screws everything is a joke to him. And I feel like it's you have to be right. You can't you can't be mm-hmm. in. You can't have your hand on your gun twenty four seven. No, I I think absolutely you have to have you have to you know are you always used to say you know levity rarely kills anybody. It's often gravity that does. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I would always say like you can't take your we take what you know guys we need to take what we do seriously we can't take ourselves too seriously we need to have fun and and, and it's giving guys an opportunity to decompress like hey in the room here for the next for the next two and a half hours we're gonna absolutely get every ounce of effort out of you that we can that we can possibly muster and then after that you know one, you know, stay disciplined with your diet, stay disciplined with everything else. But, but when we come back to this room, it's all about you know focus and intensity and everything else. But then after that, you got to let your mind. Kinda I, th- wander I do think that's one thing else. that kind of like Volker, you know, was good at. Like he he was able. I mean, in our experience wrestling when we did a Carol, like it, they were pretty intense goes. But when it was time to you know cut loose, as he would always say, like you definitely he definitely put that as part of the, well, yeah, the program 100 so we get done running the stairs one day and um i don't know if this is still a tradition at john carroll university uh, i i hope it is and if not bring it back but remember we drop eggs from the <laughs> yeah, i'm sure well, that's pretty much hazing <laughs> hazing has been uh, brought to the attention of <laughs> but this was but this was <laughs> this was so, in pre-hazing days this yeah was, like you when you look, heard the, hazing literally didn't have a definition in the was, 1990s <laughs> Look, I mean, I there was nothing I wanted to do more than catch that egg in my he mouth. So I, I'll admit, when the so, egg when the egg fell, I was like, "Oh, I missed." Uh, yeah, I didn't want to catch it. I'm sorry. So, but but things like that. I mean, you look for opportunities to, to add just a little bit of fun into uh, the like like you mentioned, Mark. Like what governs our profession in in the Department of Defense is fear and anxiety. So um, you look for opportunities to kind of relief pressure or uh you know a, a you know a, a pressure relief valve if you will so, so unfortunately that leads to kind of other things that people take to in excess where it's maybe maybe drinking or, or some other things but um but you have to find ways to kind of relieve that pressure and you can come back and compress it when absolutely needed but when you're not in that situation you need to kind of provide some some room and latitude to have fun and i think that's one of the things that 
you know, whether it's dodgeball, whether it's, um, you know, I think Kale out at Penn State is doing like, you know, hey, here's, you know, do it goofy moves for the next 10 minutes or whatever else you know here's here's something like it's just what you know, here's a move that would never work or whatever it is and and just do that for the next 10 minutes and guys and have fun with that and they'd come in and play tag or what or, you know whatever it is you get, you have to find ways to kind of keep people's minds um relaxed and you know it and give their just give them a chance to be themselves and have fun and just forget about the pressure of the environment everybody in that that room wants to be a national champion or wants to be an all-american um but also you just need to relieve that pressure every now and then the, that- the example i use which sh- this is kind of how we talk and, and some people are like oh that's insightful and other people think i'm an idiot but i talk about batman so bruce wayne and during the day batman at night yeah i mean same thing, he, yeah. He, you're like you're literally at a a an event with all the other millionaires of gotham city trying to just play your part and all of a sudden the little thing says hey gotta go fight crime like just like that you gotta switch and, yep. and you're, you're, you are now engaged in a life or death battle which is not for us but and that's what I try to communicate like what are you, what are you gonna be on you're gonna be Batman all day every day like you're not gonna be happy and the preparation for that is you know going back to like wrestling and something what I talked about to your wrestlers the one day is like your habits that you form ahead mm-hmm. of that moment. You can't you can't be introduced to that moment ahead of time. And like, you know, I I have a lot of uh, family and relatives that go and get a concealed carry permit, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> bad idea. I've yeah. met a lot of your relatives. Um, I'm I'm not happy about this. <laughs> They're yeah. like, can I get two? <laughs> and I say that that that's fantastic. Have you ever fired that weapon in the environment that you're going to need to fire it mm-hmm. in a crowded mall? in a walmart or (laughs) at two in the morning in your bed in your pajamas exactly if you've never fired that that weapon in that environment so a lot a lot of what we did you know in the army is you know stress shoots you know you you run 400 meters you do push-ups you're you know the goggles that you thought were the ones that you wanted to wear the 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 oakley's or whatever that you thought were on your face are now fogging up like oh you know you realize that okay i can't wear these you know when the time comes and i can't you know you have to there's preparation that goes into that moment and and you spend time in that tuna in that week ahead of a match preparing for that moment and everything outside of that moment relax you know but Mm -hmm. but when you're in that moment of intensity where the 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 brakes are beating the boys and you need to absolutely be at your best preparation is the key and the habits that you form up to that point are the key and at that moment of intensity where you absolutely need to be at your best you've either prepared for that moment or you haven't prepared for that moment and that's kind of that's 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 what my experience in the army that's my experience as a wrestler and it goes back to what you're saying is you know wrestling and the preparation it takes to be successful makes you a successful businessman a successful you know um Whatever, whatever circus it is, circus clown. Whatever it is, you're. Circus. And you're here's the, the thing: best. we have a long heritage of successful <laughs> circus clowns that come out of the wrestling. The the success rate in terms of whatever you call success in the sport, all American, national champion, state champ, whatever, it's very low. But if you say the lessons learned should be, it should be 100. percent Like. You, we are all better from this sport. Uh, yeah. I, I struggle at times because I'll talk to someone because I'm like, I've been around this so long. I'm like, wait, you only wrestled in high school? But even then, they still say, well, I wrestled in high school, and now I'm 60 years old, 
and I call upon that. It's uh, incredible. Yeah. How many people do you do you run into? Like, hey, your ears or your, you know, whatever, and they talk about, oh, you wrestled, you know. And it goes back to the old Dan Gable quote: "Once you've wrestled, everything else in life is easy." And you know, I, I think it's absolutely true. It well, that's that's what I think so is cool about the proliferation of uh, women's wrestling recently. Um, <clears throat> I think you were, were you with the 15 World Championships out in Vegas, Mark? No, I was in. 2011, I was at the World Championships. That's well, that was, was there women's? Back, yeah, there was yeah, women's. women's yep, 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 that. So, yep. like, I went to the World Championships in 15. They were in Las Vegas because I love to go to Las Vegas. So, there's no reason to go there. <laughs> Nothing about wrestling. Obviously. Um, but the first day we went there, there was only, like, one or two, like, men's weights, and the rest was women. And we got to see some of the some of the American women win World Championships and stuff. And there was women, like, that were just there to watch the women that were sitting in front of us and and – just seeing them and seeing them compete and, and it's 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 a similar sport they're they they're more flexible and they do different things and what's this it's the same sport well it's the same sport but <laughs> i'm saying like I mean, don't disparage what women are doing like they're literally no, competing I'm, in the same sport <laughs> yeah it's kind of messed up they do call it women's wrestling they just call it wrestling well, I, I didn't mean it in that division. way i meant it in the way that like they do they do different no. things on the mat right. than men can do like, because they're, in some degrees, they're more athletic than a lot of the men. Um, I, not, it was nothing to take away from the women. <laughs> but now I see, like, all these high schools. Ohio had, a, you know, a high school tournament it's last the week. the fastest growing sport in the country is women's wrestling. Yeah, and, the, and just the, the lessons you can learn from doing that to see, you know, half the population wasn't doing that 15 years these, ago. These high school boys right now, they don't know what they're in for. They got all these women wrestlers coming out. They, they better watch their P's and Q's because they're going to get their asses kicked. <laughs> What time are we at, Shane? Where, where are we looking at? Over an hour. Oh, geez. We better get right into it okay. then. All right. So I think you know what's next, Mark. I'm aware. He's aware. I don't think any of these should get you fired, although it's hard to say how they get answered. Wait. Answer. Is this a... This is five questions with Mark Hayward. I thought it was supposed to be a sealed envelope. Well, it's <laughs> it was, like a notepad. Well, so we didn't know what <laughs> you were coming our, on until. Our, oh, okay. Our, our, our was I a last-minute replacement? Did someone no, no, cancel no. on you? Our, sponsor, our sponsors fell through this week, so okay. envelopes shortages were <laughs> in the mix. So this was handwritten. Okay. Um, but obviously you'll read these. We'll answer okay. them for you, and then we'll go from there. And you don't get okay. to answer. You just right, get to listen to what go. our answers are for you. Number one. Okay, question one. I was a pretty successful collegiate wrestler. Why didn't I go pro? Uh, well, I mean, I'll take this one first, guys. I think Shane, you haven't seen these yet. Like based no. on uh, you know what we even heard from Arn Anderson this past week, I don't, yep. I don't know if you had the intestinal fortitude to deal with body slams, pile drivers, um, flying elbows, you know, anything like that. I mean, could you? I don't even know if you could get on the top turnbuckle and jump off that. Like in- incapable of actually climbing up the. <laughs> No, I just don't know if your balance was oh, okay. good enough. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, that's I would worry about you just falling off and getting injured in that way. I think, so I, yeah, yeah your, your fear of heights and the, just the risk involved. Like, okay. Nah, I don't think so. Guys. Plus, I don't know. Does anybody jump off what, the second turnbuckle? No. <laughs> I think Georgie Animal Steel tried it once, and it was just like they put the kibosh on it. He ate it, and then he jumped off it. He, well, he ate the top turnbuckle. That's why he had to jump off the second one. But I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure what your persona would be, because you'd have to come up with a character. And I, I don't know what that would be. I think you would struggle with it. So I would say the fact that you probably wouldn't have come up with a good character is why you never went pro. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say something very similar. I was thought, I thought maybe, you know, he'd be the, you know, I don't know, the accountant Mark Haywald or, you know. <laughs> Who was your like, major? Accounting, yeah. Accounting yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. majors. Oh, you know, yeah. There's always, uh, there's already been the, 
the Ted DiBiase. The Ted DiBiase, or that's yeah, already the million been done. Million there was a guy called the IRS in wrestling. But like your your personality, yeah, Erwin R. Scheifer. That's right. <laughs> I just watched the Royal Rumble from like 1995 <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and I forgot there about IRS Erwin R. Scheifer. How closely do they nail the professional wrestling? Record? But I thought I, I what I envisioned when I was writing this question is like. You pitched it to a couple people. It was like, no, I, you know, I would just be somebody that helped other, you know, wrestlers with their finances, and then <laughs> I would talk about that and trash talk. Every once in a while, I'd like hit him over the head with a yeah. folder or something. Like, like I would bring a binder. That here's their portfolio. Look at this. You know, <laughs> your your enemies. You would talk about like how much they had in their four hundred one k. Like this guy's a joke. He can't retire until he's eighty. <laughs> oh my god, this guy's not even on pace. He's not getting the company match in his 401k. What a loser. <laughs> oh, my God. You going to max out that 401k or what? Oh, pile drive. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it's not something like that. But, uh, you know, I always, I always you know, in, uh, you know, after college, you go down to the south, and I was in the Army for a long time, and I was like, you know, people ask me, oh, you wrestled? Like, did you go pro? Like, no, no that's not a thing. That's not a thing. But, uh. All right, Shane. I was going to say, uh, I mean, you guys took all the highlights there, but I was going to say the lack of uh, both um, acting skills and willingness to wear just the, the Speedo at all times. I don't I, think you would have had a problem with the Speedo. No? You can answer so that. If can I could answer, answer, answer you that so, question, so would you wear a Speedo? The, you're all kind of right. So I have no problem with... Is so it, you've actually thought about this. Voyeurism? Is that the word? I have no, I have no problem with uh, wearing next to nothing. The thing is, I think I'm too respectful. I've been like, you know, the guy's like, I'm going to kill him in the next match. I'd be like, hey, man, you know, anything could happen. It's, it's just, you know. <laughs> and, and that, that, that could be true. I yeah, and I'd be like, I respect him as an athlete. And uh, and then they'd be like, hey, you know, come out, it's you're going to hit with a steel chair. I'm like, I'm not really a steel chair no, guy. Can, can I just win the old-fashioned way? <laughs> oh, that seems I over just, the top. I, yeah, is that I'm even like, legal? Yeah, like, I'm like, trying to follow the rules. Yeah, so that's, I, that's why I didn't go pro. You would, yeah, you'd turn down all the cage matches. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I'm good. Do we, have like a, do we just have a fenced-in match yeah. or something like that? Like a snow fence? <laughs> <laughs> all right, great. All right, number two. Better Wolfpack podcast guest, Shane McNona or Mike Stahl? I can take this one. <laughs> I don't even think we need to answer this one. Uh, next question. <laughs> hey, guess who hasn't so, been on the goddamn podcast? So, so, yeah, Jim, Jim has heartache with this. And when I wrote that question, I wasn't sure, but Jim confirmed that he's never been on it. But I, I, for posterity's sake, next week, let's talk about who has the most downloads, Staller or Mignona. On the Wolfpack? Yeah. Did you get numbers? I don't pay attention to that stuff because I don't want to be disappointed in how shitty we are. <laughs> I, I guarantee it's me. Anyway, next question. <laughs> oh, next question. Okay. What were my pre-match superstitions? Hmm. Hmm. Um, again, going back to your accounting background, I think you just do it like a nice equation, maybe balance a, 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 your checkbook and just make sure everything's... <laughs> in line maybe take a look at your school loans and just make sure the interest rates check and um you know it's not a it's not a it's not an inexpensive school to go to just make sure that your finances are in order and then so if you were to die like everything's okay, <laughs> yeah. everything's okay. You're my ducks in a row your, your next sure. of kin would be okay yeah get your will in order and, and everything else and then and then step out of that you just seem like a very straight laced responsible person and then um yeah, I, I think that. Um, 
I think I don't know. I'm I'm guessing, and I coached you, but it, it's been years. So I I would just say that you're you would have to have like your your chin guard like strapped from your headgear like in a certain position this is or, an excellent this is an or excellent it would go point. on at like a certain time bef- so, right before you stepped on the mat so when i was growing up chin cups were out like if you were wrestling a guy I with a halo headgear if I, you were a halo headgear guy in. i don't know Halo headgear guy. No, in a he, had, chin he cup? had one of the, like the Kerr ones. I think I wore a Morgan headgear. Yeah, he, he had like the front the bumper. butt plate. Oh, the yeah. bumper. Oh, wow, I was a Halo headgear. Uh, guy. Here's what I always tell people. Don't say. <laughs> I, I know this is your question, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> the only thing worse than being the guy who wears the Morgan headgear, if you know if you don't know what a Morgan headgear is, just look it up. I didn't know I had a name. Jim yes, Kesson. Jim Kesson was. A yeah, Morgan the Morgan headgear. headgear the only thing worse than. Being the guy who wrestles with the Morgan Hager is losing, losing to the guy wearing the Morgan Hager. <laughs> yep. So Morgan Hager had the two ear covers and it, then it, it had it a pad right, yeah. right in the front. So you and literally you, you cinched it up in the back. It was it was it was awesome, honestly. Yeah. And and if I remember correctly, and I, I don't know if you still are or not. Are you, when you retired before you went pro or consider it, you were the winningest wrestler in John Carroll history as far as victory. Tied, yeah, tied. Yeah. Tied with, with Joe Schmidt. That's right. Yeah. Do you and Joe Schmidt get together right now and then? Like the 72 Dolphins or anything? Uh, No, because I was like, hey, Joe, we're like the same, aren't we? And he's like, no, I was a three-time All-American. He's like, you just won a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Never when it counted. No. uh, Has anyone gotten close uh, since that? So Dan Merriman should have easily broke it, but he... He was a, he didn't care like he just I'd be like hey uh, so wrestling's a sport you need to care about no no I didn't mean like about that he didn't care <laughs> no, about like it'd be like if you I, if you told me to make weight for a forfeit I'd be like cool I'll take it he'd be like no nah, I'm good so yeah that's why he he, he how won, close did he become I think he was like one ten okay and he oh, probably wow. he probably he probably left twenty matches. I think I'm going to start the, uh, the. I don't. I, I can't. I, I, it's been a while since I've gotten a media guide from John Gary University, but they don't make them I, anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start like the 46 Win Club. <laughs> so it's odd because we have a lot of I guys who are who are national champs. Who like Eslich probably has yeah probably Eslich 50 had a ton like of maybe wins. 50 wins yeah right. yeah, yeah. I, I don't I have no idea how many had, but I know that I was about middle but he, middle he only road. really wrestled two years like well that, yeah that's yeah. okay relax yeah, let's yeah, go on the next one whatever <laughs> so okay this is a good one what was my favorite Carrie Volkman word that wasn't supposed to end in an L Y but did anyway. <laughs> So I'll add, uh, could end in an L-Y or a U-D-E. Like a, he, all, he had a knack for... I would say that... I remember he always would say, like, attitudinally. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, attitudinally, this is where we need to be. Not I'm not going to say I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that's not an actual word. I don't know if that's, that's Mark's favorite one. I would say that that's the one that comes to mind, too. <laughs> I think at one point, he said motivation-itude to me. <laughs> Motivation attitude. And I, I, that's, I thought, not, so that's not a word for the I record. Thought, you know, I'll take it and run with it, Gary. I'm going to get you a win either way. Um, but, but, but now, you know, I'm going to put a little stamp on it. Yeah. But this, I'm going to definitely bring an extra ounce of motivation attitude to this one. <laughs> I'm going to go with different. I'm going to go off script here, but and this might be wrong, but. He, you know, he would call you by a little nickname, Stallster, <laughs> Jimbo, you know, Ayers. Miguel or Jaime. Yeah. So, Mignona, one day, he said something about, like, hey, come on, Migger, we need to do that. <laughs> and I said... What did you just call me? I said, Coach... Jimmy Lake was standing right there. I said, Coach, I don't think that's a good one. He goes, 
Oh, uh, yeah, I probably won't use that one again. <laughs> yeah, let's never say that again. It was it, it wasn't meant for Mark, anything wrong. Mark, do you have any stories about his uh, use of the English so, language? So so first of all, what what I took over the job from Kerry, I you know, they're like, "Hey, you know, go through his stuff or whatever, uh, you know, his oh, office." Geez. And there's literally one thing in in his desk that was left behind. It was a dictionary. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, had so many words just, crossed yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> like now, you know, that was that for me. And, um, and all the words had ly. And <laughs> I feel like he used the word cornucopia a lot. So that that one stands out. Cornucopia, dude. Yeah. Uh, he ha- no one could speak a word that wasn't a word and make it so powerful as Kerry <laughs> Volkman. He could say something and it wasn't English, and you go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all, Yes. You got me. You got me. Um, I mean, so, yeah. I know, how many times do you talk about being behind the eight ball? Like, uh, <laughs> remember the time where uh, Ohio State lost Northwestern, and he came into the wrestling room and furious. like f- furious and fired us. We up. all thought like, he had like, a lot of money on the game. Yeah. Oh my gosh, his bookie must be after. <laughs> 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 like, yes, guys don't even know what it's like. They don't even know that water has a taste. You guys do. We're like. <laughs> Oh my God! Is he in trouble? <laughs> number f- and number five. five. How many JC wrestlers will I coach to be a national champions? I don't know well, if that's. Um, I'm gonna, a little, that's a little word. How many JC wrestlers will I coach to be a national champion next year? So I'll take this one. How many weight classes are there? There's ten. I'll say eleven. <laughs> wow, that's that's. Are you bar. Amish? <laughs> we do everything 110. <laughs> percent I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 11. I'm I'm gonna say two. I don't know. I don't. I'm not like I'm not that into like what your lineup looks like. But I'm gonna say two is a good number. Okay. Well, is Sammy Gross coming back for a 12th year? Or no. Unfortunately, Sam will not have. He will have his master's degree, and, and, and there's no more classes he can take. Can he so just get like a another? Can, I he, told, can he take one class in the spring? So it doesn't work that way. But I, I told him uh, he took he he took a, a gender studies course, and he'd always be like, "Yeah, my gender studies course." I'm like, come back and get a minor in gender studies. You know why not? So, I just don't understand that course. There's two answers, right? <laughs> yes or no? I'm not sure. I, I didn't take it. But here's here's a picture of a man's dick. <laughs> Male or female? No, I don't. I don't. I don't, it's, no, it's uh, not, I don't think that's not, how it works. It's not genital studies. It's general studies. <laughs> oh, no, gender, general. gender, 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 oh, gender. gender studies. I think not it's the same. You know, thing. you guys no. need to take the course. I think <laughs> we, sure you're the reason why they have that. We course. need to have a professor in here um, that teaches. Draw. So no, unfortunately, I think he's he's moving on. Yeah, I mean, not unfortunately. He, he's he's it's time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so he's count him time. out. Right. Shane's Shane's like really trying to calculate yeah, it, so I is. like it. I'll take his answer the most serious. Yeah, I'm like you know, I'm Luke. I'm, I think Matt McGraw kid's a stud. Mm-hmm. He, he, I didn't realize he went up seven weight classes mm-hmm. this year. My God, uh, what weight, weight is one. he? What's he went that? from 49 to 74. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a very that's a weight class that has a lot of. He's from proud. Ignatius, correct? Ignatius, yeah. Yeah, his dad lives in or they live in Chardon. Oh, Chardon, yep, yeah. yep. My neighbor's good friends with them, so. Can we get I Mark Sullivan on the show? I think he's only got 4.0s. He was on also, by the way. Time. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Mark Sullivan was I'm on Blood Time? Yeah. I go with one. So how many? One. One. Okay. one. one is. Can I answer? Yes, yeah, please. Let's, let's. Mike, Mike had the right answer. Eleven, <laughs> two, eleven. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna enter two people in one weight class. Yeah, I mean, it, it's never out. happened before, but I, I always say there's a first time for everything. <laughs> so I was, I was thinking, in uh, homage to your podcast, maybe we should end with our motivation. 
Okay. The daily motivation. What what motivated you today? What gives you motivation in life? Shane, this is why we Anything keep you behind about? the boards. Oh, nice. We okay. would never consider. Well, that here's something I've been I've wanted to share with in a, in a forum at some point. So this is motivation. Have you guys ever gone to Costco? It, yeah, I've never been to a Costco. It motivates me for what I, I don't want to be. Every time I go to Costco, I swear, everybody's shopping for their funeral. I've never seen so many miserable people. You mean just, they buy coffins? I, they should. They should sell coffins there. Oh, that's a nice headstone. Let's take that one. It's got so every time I go to Costco, I'm like, I'm like, is everybody just miserable here? So, so my motivation is Costco and, and not to be a miserable person shopping for my coffin. That's my, that's my daily motivation. <laughs> I like that. It's Costco. All right. Well, in keeping with the theme of the wolves, thanks for hanging out with the wolf pack. Yeah, we appreciate it. Only I have to do it. No, 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 we all got to do it. We all got to. What's your motivation? Oh, geez, I've got so many. Um, (laughs) Want me to give you some time? Yeah. Why don't you go, go, Shane? Shane. Here's your idea. I got actually prepared. Yeah, I I did have something prepared. I was thinking about today because I was going to bring this up. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and end the show. uh, (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) I was I was working out at lunchtime today, and I. I, I hadn't been feeling good the last couple of weeks, so I hadn't really worked out much. And I'm like, I'm going to do a hard workout just to get back in the swing of things. And and I wanted to quit like five times and just like dial it down and just ride it out for the last 20 minutes. And, and I thought, well, I'm going to be on this podcast today and have to tell my friends that I quit. So uh, you guys, you guys are my motivation sometimes. I don't want to be able to tell you that I had to quit my workout today and uh, make it easier than it should have been. My motivation for the day was listening to, I talked a little bit about it before, listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and they were talking about boxing. And they talked about Jack Dempsey and how, and I think, and I don't know the history behind him, but I know he was a boxer in like the 40s and 50s. And he talked about how unbelievably tough his life was from working on a farm to basically, like every single second of his life until he became a professional boxer was a struggle. And it sucked, but he said, and this was in an interview after he was retired and an old man, and he said, I would never, ever once in my life trade that for anything because it made me who I was and got me to where I, you know, where I am today. So I think my motivation is like when I have days where things suck and I don't like doing it, but it's harder than I want it to be, all that stuff is just going to do nothing but put, you know, put more power into you to really face the tough, you know, ridiculously challenging things that we all face on a daily basis and don't don't regret or be upset about challenges or t- you know tough times but embrace them and let that just kind of be another tool in your toolbox to be able to deal with stuff when it comes up in the future so that that's that's for me what I would think that's fantastic um I've read a couple of books by Ryan Holiday lately one is called the obstacle is the way the other one's called ego is the enemy and it kind of focuses on stoic philosophy um, but uh, the last book, the latter, Ego is the Enemy, talks about um, that in every, in every part of our life, we're either experiencing aspiration, success, or failure. And they usually fall that, they usually go in, in that progression. And we're, we're either as, aspiring to be, you know, better, better fathers, better, better coworkers, better, you know, you name it. But then, you know, we're, we, we eventually achieve that success and then we experience a failure in that aspect. And then, uh, we go back to the first stage. So aspiration, success, and failure, two great books by Ryan holiday. Um, obstacle is the way and, and, uh, ego is the enemy. Um, that's, that's kind of my inspiration that, uh, where, regardless of whatever, whatever phase you're in in life, realize that the next one is on its way. Whether you're aspiring 
just realize that hard work will lead to success. And once you've achieved success, be humble, be ready for that next phase of failure, and then be ready to start again. Yeah, there's there's no there's no end point. I mean, we're we're all going until we stop going, and you but know, it's it's about growth, right? Eventually, this show has to end, and I think it's that time. Hit the time. Well, all thanks, right. Mark. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I feel like since we didn't talk about Cobra Kai, I'm going to use that as my my invitation to come back. So all right. there you go. <laughs> yeah, we we might have to have a or you could Cobra use Kai you could use it as your invitation to me to actually come on your podcast. Okay. Yeah, I just would love to come back, guys. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert, season three ends in a, a largely choreographed karate fight. <laughs> as the season one, as the season two. As the season two. And uh, yeah, the relationship between Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, not yet resolved. But getting there. <laughs> but but there might be hope. And we didn't even mention one thing. How much does Sensei John Kreese look like Harry Volkman? <laughs> I never mean, thought of it. Should have been yeah, a yeah. Uncanny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're done. Mike, thanks, Shane, thanks, Mark, thanks. I'm going to play out. Yep. Keep him with the wolf's theme.